You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. We are now just over two weeks away from the start of the NFL draft. The Packers will have the 14th overall selection on Thursday to open the first round. They will have the 45th selection in the second round. Well, the 45th overall selection that is in the second round and the 76th overall selection in the third round that completes their day two sets of picks. And then they'll have a bunch of picks on day three. They have the most picks overall in the draft and there's something that I want to start with in terms of addressing an attitude. And that attitude is about this draft for the Green Bay Packers. There are two pervasive attitudes from fans that I hear over and over again. And I'm going to start with the idea of the Packers have to take Position X in a certain situation. If they don't get an edge rusher at 14, it's a failure. If they don't get a corner at 14, it's a failure. No. No. No, 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 no. And if they don't get an edge rusher in the first or second round, it's a failure. Or they don't get a corner in the first or second. No. No. And it's not just because of all of the permutations that can go into a given draft. It's not just that we don't know when the Packers pick which players are going to be good and which players are going to be bad. They could take a player in the first round, and as has happened many times with the Packers, the guy they take in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and undrafted are actually better than the player that they take in the first round. So this idea that if they don't take... I mean, we're going to have immediate reactions to the Packers pick. That is, I'm going to have a podcast and we're going to talk about it and I'm going to tell you whether I like the pick, whether I don't like the pick, whether it was a reach, whether it was good value. But that is all simply based on my pre-draft evaluation of these players. We won't know and can't know definitively if it was a good or a bad pick until three or four years down the line. So this idea that the Packers have to pick or have to address a certain position with their first round pick or their second round pick or their third round pick or their first three picks or whatever is just wrong. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, Just like with free agency, I said you you need to judge their free agent production in its entirety. Everything matters. So it can't just be Jimmy Graham. It can't just be Muhammad Wilkerson or just Tremont Williams. If they sign Devon House, which we thought was going to happen last week, didn't. But there's these are 
all connected. The Packers could not draft a particular position and then sign someone post-June 1, someone they expect and think is likely to be released. That's not something that gets talked about often, but teams have an idea of how that's going to work. They talk to agents. Agents know where their players stand with their teams oftentimes. They know what those contracts look like. They know if there if there's a future, a likely future for their team. They know. And the Packers know. And that they have an idea of who could be available. So does that color how they handle the draft? I just, I get so frustrated when I hear fans say, oh, if they pass on Harold Landry, that would be stupid. Or they would never pass on Harold Landry or Marcus Davenport or Denzel Ward or Derwin James. Maybe, but maybe not. Absolutes in this in this process only prove your ignorance. There is no such thing as have to. There isn't. Because there's so many ways that a team can approach team building. You can say in retrospect, the Cleveland Browns had to take Carson Wentz, for example. No, they didn't. They got a bunch of picks for Carson Wentz. And they got all these first rounders. And they got all of this draft capital. And now in this draft, they have the opportunity to take a really good quarterback. And who knows, Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen could be better than Carson Wentz. We don't know. So this idea that the the Browns had to do something. No, they didn't. This is a process and it is a constantly evolving process. And so we have to remember that. There are always going to be opportunities and and there will always be factors that we can't know about when these decisions are being made. We don't know the contract status of, let's say, Randall Cobb or Aaron Rodgers or Clay Matthews. We don't know what the team is thinking long term there. And so, for example, they may take, as they did a few years ago, they may take three receivers and we go, well, why did they do that? And then a year or two later, we realize, well, really, they took three shots at a position and got one player. And really one and a half players because Jeff Janis became a special teams player. In 2014, the Packers did not need receivers. They had Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson. They didn't need to draft three guys. They drafted Jeff Janis and Jared Abraderis and Devontae Adams. And Adams turned into a player. But he didn't look like what he is now as a rookie. And he certainly in 15 didn't look like what he is now. And then we started to see it in 2016. And in 2017, he followed up that breakout campaign with his star turn. The draft is about lotteries. The more tickets you have, the better odds you have of winning. That is why the Packers have the most picks, the most chances to hit the lottery. Player evaluation is hard. Player projection is hard. And so the more chances you have to take guys, the better your your chances of getting someone who can help your team. And no GM in the league was better over the course of his tenure at manufacturing draft capital than Ted Thompson. And Brian Gutekunst is already on pace to do that. So... The Packers may take someone in the first round. And you wonder, well, why did they go in that direction? Let's say they take an offensive lineman. Well, maybe in the second round, they feel like they can get a really good corner. 
and a player falls. And then let's say they feel like they're in a position to trade up. So they do that. I mean, this is this all has to be judged in its totality. And so the idea that anything must happen is absurd. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you for free. I want to give you access to player grades, to charts, to all sorts of data, of evaluation, of grades, of fantasy football data, of draft content. I want to give it to you all. And all you have to do to enter the contest is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. It almost couldn't be easier. The second absolute that fans deal in, and it drives me nuts, is player X will never be there at such and such a position. Never. Guys, how many times have we had to see someone who was never supposed to be available where he gets picked? How many times? The Packers have a quarterback that was never supposed to be available in the first round when they picked him. The league is littered with players, superstar players, who never should have been available when they were selected. And guys who, coming into the draft, we thought that guy is good, and he fell. C.J. Mosley for the Baltimore Ravens, top 10 player coming out of the draft as a prospect, I thought, never should have fallen to the the late first round. Never should have happened. And so it would have been easy to say, oh, well, C.J. Mosley, never going to fall. Until he does. Until he He does. That's not what mock drafts are for. I'm going to give you a great example. So at Acme Acme Packing Company, we did a mock draft, and that'll be out next week, and, and hopefully you'll be able to see that. And I got to pick for the Packers. And at 14, in our draft, with with sports writers, guys who who follow this, who know this, they picked 13 players before Green Bay picked, and and Derwin James was available. I took him. I think he's a top five player. I think he's the best defensive player in the draft. You will hear on Twitter or on talk radio or wherever or on comment sections, Derwin James, never be there at 14. Oh, really? How do you know that? Do you know what every team from 1 to 13, what they're going to do? Do you? Because now it looks like there's going to be a guarantee four quarterbacks, probably in the top four, and potentially five. And Derwin James, no chance he's going to be there at 14. Dante Jackson, the corner from LSU, I think he's a top 25, certainly a first-round player, was there at 45 in our mock. Teams have needs. They're going to like players that that you don't like or that draft Twitter doesn't like or that big draft doesn't like. The, the mainstream draft outlets, ESPN and NBC and, and CBS and NFL Network, they're going to be some guys that go above where we think they should. And there's going to be some guys who fall below where they should. At 58, I'm spoiling this a little bit, I traded back into the second round for Christian Kirk, a player I think is a top 25 player who's there in the late 50s, the end of the second round. Someone I would bang the table for if I was in the Green Bay front office, or frankly, any front office. I think Christian Kirk is really good. I don't care that he's a little bit on the small side. 
compares favorably with Stefan Diggs, could come in and return kicks and, and be a deep threat right away. And if they don't want to pay Randall Cobb after this year, you've got your guy. I think he can play on the outside too. Don't say he would never be there. Maybe. But maybe not. This idea that we have to deal in absolutes is, it's, it's just, it is insidious in our culture. And in the way we discuss sports, we have to deal in absolutes. It either has to be the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. It's either the greatest idea ever or you should kill yourself. I mean, seriously, I hear stuff like that. You should be fired. I mean, this is, everyone wants to have the strongest take possible. And I think if you're a longtime listener of this show, you know that that is not my style and that I... I like to be reasoned. I try to be even-handed. I try to be logical about these things. That doesn't mean I don't feel strongly about them. I certainly do. You can have a strong take without having an irrational take. You can believe something fervently and ferociously and not think it is impossible for anything else to happen. I think we have to be open to the possibility that we are wrong because if we if we aren't, I watch these players. I study them. I read about them. I talk to people around the league about them. I talk to other media people, members of the media who covered these players, and I form opinions on them. And I offer my opinions on them, and I give them to you, and I put them on Twitter, and I put them in stories, and I, and I, I put them out in the world. It's my job. But if I'm not open to the possibility that I could be wrong in my evaluations, how am I going to get better at doing it? How will I grow? How will I evolve? How will I move forward? How will I bring you better information and better content? It's my job. This is what I do for a living. And if I'm willing to be open to the possibility that I'm wrong. And I am, trust me. I'm Not only am I open to the possibility, I'm wrong a lot. I, I understand that. Sports are great because they're difficult to predict. Players are difficult to project. NFL teams are bad at it. Bill Barnwell had a piece for ESPN yesterday basically attempting to explain why NFL teams are so bad at evaluating quarterbacks. So for any person out there who thinks they have the magic bullet or that their opinion is bulletproof, you're fooling yourself and acting like you know it beyond a shadow of a doubt is really just telling on yourself. You're not that smart. Don't pretend to be. You don't have to. This is hard. And in fact, it is important for us to accept the idea that we could be wrong and that things could unfold in a way that we can't predict. Being unwilling to accept that reality is to be unwilling to accept reality in itself. And again, you're just telling on yourself. You're just proving you don't know what you're talking about. Because if you did know what you were talking about, you would know that there is a possibility, even a small one, that you're wrong. I believe I believe very, very strongly the Browns will take a quarterback with the first overall pick. 
and I believe they will make the selection. I don't know if it's going to be Josh Allen or Sam Darnold. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. But I believe that very strongly, and I believe that based on things that I've been told. I, be, I believe that based on things that I've read and, and, and just logic and extrapolation. And I, I don't know it within any sort of level of certainty. I feel strongly about it, but I don't believe that nothing else is possible. And I, I, I don't even believe that nothing else is, is smart. I think there are situations where the Browns could say, we're trading. We're going to trade out. What if the Jets want to move up? They want to move up for Baker Mayfield. We know the Giants love Sam Darnold. The Browns could get Josh Rosen at three, the best quarterback in the draft. And if they make a trade, people will go, oh my God, how could they do that? And they end up with the best quarterback in the draft. This goes back to my original point. How could they not do X? This is the problem with dealing in absolutes. Don't do it. Don't do it. And do not hop in my mentions with that garbage. Do not do it. Just don't. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to respond to it. It's ridiculous. Get a life. As fans of the Packers, with a reputation as a smart fan base, whether that's deserved or not, be better. Be smarter. As fans of this show, I want you to be better. Be smarter. Be smarter and be better by being willing to accept that you may not have all the answers. That the draft, there are no absolutes. There can't be. Now, I we don't need to get super philosophical. I understand the, the inherent flaw in the idea that there are no absolutes because if there are no absolutes, then that absolute cannot be. And, and we, we, we fall down this whole metaphysical wormhole. And I don't want to do that. But the point is, you have to understand that this is all fluid. And, and we may feel a way after round one that we don't feel after rounds two and three. And there was, there was existential dread on the, in the Packer fan base about the cornerback position. And then they signed Tremont Williams. And then if they signed Devon House, do they need, do they still, I mean, you remember on this show, I was the guy saying they need to trade up to get Denzel Ward because they don't have any corners on this team. Now they have one more. Maybe they sign someone else. There's still corners out there. Brashad Breland is still out there. Dominique Rogers Cromartie is still out there. Devon House is still out there. Rotational and potentially starter-level corners are still out there. When the information changes, we have to change. We have to adapt. We have to react. That is that is our job. And I don't mean that literally. It is literally my job. But as fans and as observers and, and as lovers of this game, we have to adapt too. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. And we don't know. There are still corners out there. Delvin Bro is still on the market. Like I said, Breland, House, DRC, there are still guys out there that can give Packers rotational play who can be if not quality starters, decent NFL players. And that's all they need to be able to say, we don't need to reach at 14. 
if Denzel Ward is off the board and we don't like Josh Jackson, or let's say they're both off the board, then we feel good picking a pass rusher or an offensive lineman or, or whatever it is. The Packers have options. The list of, of potential picks at 14 is, is like 8 to 10 guys. And at 45, it's like 8 to 10 guys. And it's, I mean, they have possibilities. And it is not, despite what some people will tell you, because the team isn't very good. This, it's a good roster. There aren't glaring needs. If they take a pass rusher and, this, and Nick Perry and Clay Matthews are healthy, he's not starting. There isn't a guy in this draft who would start over Nick Perry and Clay Matthews. There just isn't. Even if they take Derwin James, HaHa Clinton Dix and Josh Jones are going to play starter snaps. You'd find a way to get someone like Derwin James, you know, 60, 70% of snaps because they would play so much sub, but he's not a starter. If they draft a receiver in the in the top 50, let's say they take DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, someone like that at 45, they're going to play, but they're not going to be one of the top three receivers on this team. It may not even be top four if you consider the amount of targets that someone like Ty Montgomery could get. Don't let anyone tell you this team is garbage and full of holes. It's not. Almost the only place that they could draft someone who's going to come in right away and start right guard if Quentin Nelson falls. Cornerback, I think, could be in play if they take someone at 14 or 45. And maybe if someone like Roquan Smith falls at inside linebacker. Other than that, and, and those are not premium positions, except for corner. Other than that, this team has talent. The Packers are in a great position heading into the draft. So we're going to talk a lot more about it. Show on Friday, three shows next week. And then we're going to do Monday, Wednesday will be a preview show right before the draft. And then we'll go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Those are going to be night shows. So they'll be after the picks. I'll immediately, we'll do a recap pod, 10 to 15 on the player. Talk about it. And give you that instant reaction that's why we're a daily sports podcast hopefully we are the only packers daily sports podcast you listen to or at the very least the best one that would be my goal and if there's ever a way that i can make the show better let me know at peter underscore bukowski at locked on packers remember to be reading at the packingcompany.com fansided.com profootballweekly.com and always stay locked on packers